0: We were wondering if, if maybe you you had gone on strike, read, and you didn't want to, you didn't want to be part of it anymore.
1: No, I mean, I feel like that would have been on. If David, like, if he can see, I can't see if I'm. <laughs> what's going on? Like now, I notice it says recording now, but I feel like that was like my grandpa used to say, "You only sit in jelly once." <laughs> right now I feel like I'll notice that recording shit at the bottom.
2: I feel like there's a story there. You only sit in jelly once. Yeah. i haven't sat in jelly once
1: yeah no i I have no idea if it was like a it was like a euphemism from the 30s or some shit but it's like to be fair i do check the seat now like especially at a diner and i don't even think jelly is like a commonly served thing but i'm like i'm not sitting in jelly
0: the first time i got a nice pair of raw denim jeans i went to a movie theater and i dropped a junior mint and it got like it like got under my legs and it melted and so i had So you only sit on a junior mint once too.
1: (laughs) Do you now eat with like a lobster Uh bib at the movie theater?
0: (laughs) Yeah. I'm just very paranoid about melting chocolate all over my ass. I got a big mustard stain from a
2: hot dog on my first pair of jeans or your first pair of raw denim. And I just rolled with it. I was like, okay, this is part of the process. I'm angry about it now. Um, But I, I looked at that mustard stain and I remembered a fond memory of eating a hot dog
1: like a sense of pride in it eighteen months later,
2: slightly of like yes, i I, I, I get it now. I'm not babying these things the, the the mustard stain is mine, and this is where we're going with it. Another thing on my current pair of real McCoys I don't know if I've talked about this that they have like bleach like marks all up like the bottom parts of the legs because uh. This might be a bit much of a story for the, the podcast, but like my old roommate was like very drunk one summer night and he dropped a beer bottle while like in front of the fridge while wearing flip-flops and he like cut his foot open and he like limped to the bathroom where he just started like bleeding all over the floor. And I found him when I came back, like uh, maybe 30 minutes later and he was like, my foot hurts. I don't want to get up. And there's just this like blood all over the floor. And I was like, ah, this is gross. Like, and I was a little bit buzzed. So I just went and got a big container of bleach and started just throwing it on the floor because, like, I didn't want to walk around in his blood,
0: obviously. Obviously.
2: (laughs) And I was wearing those jeans at the time, so I got, like, little white splatters of bleach all over my jeans that I didn't notice. And the next morning, I woke up and put them on. And they're relatively new. And now I have these little white spots that everyone's like, what'd you do to your jeans? Where'd you get those done? Like, that's really cool. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm like, Randy, he cut his foot open and I had to clean up after him while I was drunk.
1: But how are you applying this bleach? Like, it sounds like you were like doing like some like holy water shit with your fingers, like spraying (laughs) it all over the kitchen. Yeah, exactly. No, it was
2: not nearly that delicate. This was in the bathroom and I was just like pouring it on the floor from like waist height. It was was uh, a splash. It was a splash back. Yeah. But no regrets. I had a coworker at Union Made that'll, that'll remain
1: unnamed who kept telling me that the laundromat machines that he was using had, like, bleach residue in them because every single time he'd use it, his clothes would get all fucked up. And, like, we were like, damn, dude, that's, like, that's wild. There's, like, 30 machines at your laundromat. And he's like, I know, all of them have bleach in it. And then he realized he had a shitty cap on his bleach. <laughs> and He was just fucking up his clothes for, like, a solid month. I don't mess around with bleach, man. Like that's, it's, that's too no, caustic. Yeah. You don't just, bleach your sheets and towels? I just use, dude, is that like, I just put detergent on it. Is that, am, um, I, am I crazy? It's like I the only know. thing I wash on hot,
2: but. I, I do bleach the sheets and towels. That's, that's the one thing that I use. Like I use Heddle's Denim Wash, which you can find at shop.heddles.com for like literally all my other <laughs> laundry needs. Cause it's, it's like plant-based and nice. I think I've plugged this before. Even non-denim products? Even non-denim products.
0: But then that's all that, that's like you're bleaching all the stuff that like cut, touches your whole body.
1: Yeah. You just, you're just like going to leave that. Yeah. Floating. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, word. Like Albert and I are both like, I don't want that on my body. And you're just like, just bathe me in it. But while right. I'm sleeping.
2: Well, and when I'm out of the shower, yeah, it's, it's an antiseptic thing of just like, oh, this is clean. Yeah, this but like, is isn't that <laughs> the
1: point yeah. of detergent? And do you not have any sheets or towels with like pigment to them? Like, are they all just like pearly whites?
2: Yeah, white. They're all white. You, you, you got to know. This is like a hospital procedure. Yeah, right? like basically, like, what <laughs> yes. What's
1: going on? Like, th- this it. is in 1904 where you need to know if you're like, shit, just like. Is it not? I mean, I feel like now more than ever. Just do your sheets every week. Like, I feel like that's like a pretty standard. I mean, like, I feel like you're sleeping in them seven days. It's now. there's no question about whether they've been dirty. Just like, just do them every seven. I feel like that's like a. Yeah.
2: With bleach. No. Yeah, but like the uh, point
1: of the white is to know, right? Like, I, I'm, I'm confused about like why we need both. Like you're really covering your bases, I guess.
2: I really enjoy that like feeling after taking them out of the dryer and like putting them back on to the bed and being like, hmm.
1: That fresh like, bleach feeling?
2: Yeah, it's like I'm, I'm diving into a dry like uh, YMCA pool.
0: No, you no, can get, what? <laughs> Don't like, do that. Does your room
2: just smell like a Hyatt hotel?
0: Like, a
1: little bit you don't like that f- you don't like that smell once every when i was a child at like six years old and like there was like a nor'easter bearing down or some shit and we got evacuate like that's like what i associate it with but like i don't want my room to be smelling like a Hyatt regency
2: <laughs> there was uh the the denver like athletic club downtown which is way way too fancy for me to ever be a member but when i would like ride my bike home from work i would make sure to like I wouldn't go out of my way, but I would just go down the route that I could like go by and smell the pool like inside and be like, oh, that's nice. That takes me back. Well, that th-
0: there's an association there. I just don't think that I just, I just don't think you I think we're I think we're as a society. We're learning that bleach is maybe not the safest product to be using. And <laughs> uh and uh you get like a natural detergent and. You know,
2: yeah, I use that too, but you know, for sheets and towels. But
1: then you just huff bleach for like nine hours a day. It
2: rinses. It's not like it just pour bleach on it and then like lie down in bed. I mean,
1: I I was hoping that was like not like your like pre applique for for sleep time, but like, but I'm. You said your room smells like a Hyatt.
2: No, no, only when I'm doing laundry. When I'm Um, doing laundry and I can like hear the the washing machine going from like down by the garage and being like ah these these will be clean soon I can smell the cleaning
1: I always thought that was chlorine not bleach am I am I wrong (laughs) Are you using chlorine Well, isn't
2: there chlorine in bleach?
1: No idea. I don't use I don't use either free
2: bleach, but like basic bleach has chlorine in it.
0: I think it's like one of those like rectangle is a square kind of things or whichever (laughs) you know.
1: A square is a rectangle. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. okay.
0: Bleach is a bleach is chlorine, chlorine is bleach. Uh
2: household bleach is actually a mixture of chemicals. Its main constituent is a solution of three to six percent sodium hypochlorite, NaOCL, which is mixed with small amounts of sodium hydroxide, hydrogen peroxide, and calcium hypochlorite. So the Cl, that's that's the chlorine. I'm sorry, what? <laughs>
0: You got to wash your sheets with lime. That's what you got to do.
2: Yeah. CLR, calcium (laughs) lime rust.
1: (laughs) Well, now that we settled that, what do you do with your white t-shirts? Are those bleached too? (laughs) And if not, why not? I'm just curious why we draw the line at just the sheets and, and towels.
2: Well, it's a thing. Like if I separated my like colors from the whites, which I don't do. On clothing it's usually like I do one load of laundry like every seven to ten days and that's just like everything in the hamper goes in at once one load that's fine and then I do my like sheets and towels usually every other time and those are enough to just fill one load but if I have one where it's like oh I've got a couple like white t-shirts that need to be washed I'll put them in there with the bleach then I get to take that that lovely scent wherever I go (laughs) <laughs> just
1: smell like a lifeguard for the next four hours.
2: There are worse things to smell like. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm just <laughs> <Definitely>. like I, <laughs> I just
1: feel. It's just like. Sm- do I, yeah, you I,
2: separate your 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 laundry, or do you do your own laundry? You go, you're you feel like you might be a wash and fold guy.
1: No, I do my own laundry and I separate it. Yeah.
0: Oh, it's not that hard. Yeah, I separate it. Well just yeah, just I just do a load of lights and darks and
1: yeah that's how i rock yeah and then if i'm rock if i'm doing the other stuff it goes hot and somehow we turn into a laundry and chemistry podcast today which is tight um
2: i didn't see that coming well it's about to get a lot more boring
0: (laughs) that's correct folks we're talking about labor day hope your commute's about to end
2: Well, welcome back to Blowout. It is me, Reed, and Albert. How are we, guys? Good. Yeah, good. Yeah, very excited here. Very excited. So, you know, if we did our jobs right, um, looking at someone else here, uh, you're preferably hearing this before Labor Day because it is on or near Labor Day right now when you're hearing this, and I thought it would be a great time to reflect on some labor history as it pertains to the clothing industry. So I don't know if y'all are like me that like the meaning of Labor Day was always kind of amorphous and separated from its original purpose. You know, that like fell into that blob of holidays of like Memorial Day and President's Day where you got the day off, but don't really have any explanation for why as a elementary school child. But uh, Labor Day for me was always the day that the neighborhood pool closed, which is callback to our earlier conversation. (laughs) <laughs> um
0: wow you we learned go, so much about you today we didn't just go huff
1: chlorine just stand over the vents <laughs> like Marilyn they monroe the, and just they like put
2: the cover over it <laughs> but uh yeah so they closed the pool on labor day and you know you could no longer be in denial that uh the school year wasn't happening um but also in callback to that conversation, so popular culture, Labor Day is the typically the day where you're no longer allowed to wear white clothing or that is no longer socially acceptable.
0: Because you're out of bleach and you can't. <laughs> you can't yeah.
2: ideally it, it would make more sense to like, you could wear white clothing after Labor Day because they don't need the bleach for the pool anymore.
0: Oh,
1: you're right. You're right. But then there is a run on bleach in that last like week Leading up Mm. before Labor Day, because there's going to be a lot of people there, (laughs) so the bleed shortage would lead to not wearing white.
2: Not wearing immediately
1: following. Yeah, I
2: mean, I personally
1: wear white after Labor Day, but uh, I feel like that's been dispelled. Like it's like one of those things that it's just like, like our cargo shorts conversation that may or may not have aired. I have no idea if that (laughs) one that was the one that got lost the time. That was uh, the one that got
2: lost the time. time. (laughs)
1: Feel okay about that. But uh yeah, I feel like the white after Labor Day thing was like one of those like rules made to be broken specifically. It's just like it was like a rule made so someone can be like, I get to wear white. It's like, yeah, we get it. You're breaking a rule. Mm -hmm. Go nuts, king.
0: Don't stop wearing the Stan Ray white painter's pants in the heddle Shop after Labor Day by any means. Keep it rolling.
2: And the all white Teamster tees that you can Mm -hmm. wash with bleach or without with Hedle denim wash. But Labor Day, Labor Day, folks, it's it's much more than not wearing white and having the pool be closed. Uh, It is a remembrance day for the labor rights movement that was born out of the horrific working conditions of the Industrial Revolution in the latter half of the 19th century.
1: Shout out Upton Sinclair.
2: Shout out to Upton Sinclair, who was, you know, uh, I guess born in that that era. And he didn't really come to popularity until like the, the early 20th, right?
1: The late 1800s, I think, or late 19th,
2: yeah, general that way, six type thing. But yeah, same same era. But yeah, back in that like industrial revolution like moment, workers, some children as young as five or six, often had to work in incredibly incredibly dangerous conditions, twelve hours a day, seven days a week, and a lot of people had to fight and die. So we aren't subjected to those kind of conditions anymore, and we get to talk about bleach uh, in front of our computers. Um, but you know, uh, if you pay attention to the news, workers at Nabisco and Frito Lay will tell you that the labor movement is far, far, far from over. Uh, so this is the thing that I'm sure you've heard us harp on before is that it. Heddles were not just concerned about what something is in terms of a product, but also the conditions in which it was created and labor rights are a huge, huge part of that. So happy Labor Day, hopefully. And today we're going to talk a little bit about labor and uh, the labor rights movement, including how we got to where we are today and where we can hopefully go from there. We live in a fast-paced world. Sometimes you just need to slow down and stop. Heddles Plus, the new membership program of exclusive content, giveaways, discounts, and a community chat forum. Try a month free with the code Extra Blowout. You ready to talk about and dispel the uh, the idea that we have about Labor Day and the pool, or at least Labor Day and I have about the pool and where Labor Day actually came from? Yes. Great! Are
1: there I I have to I have to know, are there like overarching myths, like like thing, like misnomers besides like the the pool thing? Like Uh
2: there is a misnomer.
1: Like doesn't Valentine's Day have like a weirdly bloody history or some shit. Am I crazy? I know it's a hallmark holiday, but like am I am I crazy about the Valentine thing?
0: I think you're thinking of the Valentine's Day massacre, which was not No that's mob avoided. that's a mob thing. That's a yeah, that's a different thing. 20s. That's
1: I'm I know my mob history. I don't know my holiday history nearly as well. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: It was like Saint Valentine's one of those people that they like grilled over an open pit or something like by the Roman Empire or something. Yeah, I feel like you, you might be onto something there.
1: Yeah I don't know. It could be like that I just feel like it's like maybe not as yeah, I don't know.
2: I and mean, all you uh early like uh, history buffs uh, hit us up at heddles.com. but uh yeah first labor day as noted the working conditions in the united states and everywhere else exposed to the industrial revolution like used to be really 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 bad basically from like the 1820s 1830s like through the like early 1900s that you had the economy transitioning from a largely agrarian workforce of people working farms and like cottage industries in their homes, to mostly workers living in urban centers and working in factories and mills in like just a few decades. And no one really knew the knock-on effects this would have, so there were no laws or regulations in place to protect workers because they didn't really know this kind of work was being done, and there was a lot of catch-up work for the government regulation to happen. Uh, is so you have these industrial robber barons that are basically doing whatever they could get away with to extract value from their workforce, which meant, you know, as I said, like twelve plus hour days, working seven days a week, children as young as five or six, like working on the line in mills, mines, factories, et cetera.
0: And because the only um, you know precedent for having this many people working in one place was slavery a lot of the way that they ran factories was kind of reminiscent of that incredibly oppressive and and unethical structure, right? So that was a lot of how, you know, the idea of having, like, overseers and, like, the way that, like, you know, labor was, you know, meted out. The
2: hierarchy of of Mm -hmm. labor. Yeah. Yeah, people being just, like, cogs that were overseen and pressed, like, at every, like, step of the way down. Right,
1: and it's hard to overstate how bad the conditions were. Like people got eaten by rats and shit. Like that's like a that's a real thing. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and people would like the kids. They would lose their fingers like very frequently because they were used to like move the small like inner workings of machinery in textile mills, especially, and they would just have their their fingers cut off by shuttle looms that were running back and forth. Um, and you know there was no there was no OSHA back then. There was no there wasn't even a Department of Labor. So, all this stuff was just like happening uh, completely unregulated and unsupervised. Um, and the organic response from workers there was to form labor unions, um, which is, you know so they could bargain collectively for better pay and working conditions, and also choose to withhold their labor from ownership by striking, which cuts into the profits of ownership if their demands are unmet. Uh, and you, you still have unions that are formed today and still operating today, like from those original like early groups of people that came together. You know, you've got the Pullman railcar operators that struck in the 1890s to just like last year, Amazon, uh, the, the fulfillment center in Bessemer, Alabama, they were trying to form their own union, which, you know, Amazon was successful in stopping them from forming a union because most like ownership generally tries to disrupt workers from forming unions and striking, which sometimes by things of just like information campaigns, but also sometimes in, especially in history, violently, with uh, the police or the military involved. Um, the first observed Labor Day, though, was in New York City on September 5th, uh, 1882, which was 10,000 workers took the day off unpaid and marched from City Hall to Union Square. Uh, and the idea caught on in other cities, and by, like, the 18, by 1890, the first Monday in September became officially the working man's holiday in Oregon, Colorado, uh, Massachusetts, New Jersey, New York, Connecticut, Nebraska, and Pennsylvania. But it did not become a national holiday until President Grover Cleveland signed it into law as a federal like day off for everyone uh, on June 28th, 1894, um, which just so happened to also coincide with one of the largest rail worker strikes in US history, like 125,000 rail workers were on strike. And it stopped the mail. So this was seen by some historians as like Grover Cleveland being like, okay, um, we'll give this like small pittance here after the uh, the National Guard killed 13 striking rail workers. So the day off was nice. And that's, uh, you know, the Labor Day is has a whole lot more going on with it than just, you know, sales and back to school and uh, the pool being closed. We are. Moving right along into labor rights in garment history, which uh taking a big lead here from an article that you wrote, Albert, a f- couple of years ago about the brief history of garment worker labor rights in the United States,
0: yeah, reading this back, I was like, "Wow, who wrote this? This is great, and it was me um so it is great,
2: and you did write it
0: <laughs> thank you, um yes, I think kind of what the some of the overarching things that I forgot about were. I I just forgot how inextricably tied, you know, the legacy of slavery is with like, you know, kind of just capitalism and the garment industry and um one of the first the United States in general. You know, yes, in the United States in general. Um but one of the first, you know, big uh one of the big one, one impetus for you know having this industri- industrial revolution and industrializing the garment industry was um, because slave owners for a long time would give out a fabric allowance to slaves, and then the slaves would be given time not really off but time away from their other duties uh, in which they could make their own clothes and to kind of economize and maximize the amount of time the slaves were working in fields or at whatever awful tasks they're being made to work at um slave owners started buying cheap you know ready-made clothes from northern suppliers so ready wear as we understand it was kind of this novel thing and we a lot of the reason we see like and like ready-made clothes were kind of a novelty off the rack stuff and kind of those were first seen in making slave garments and also garments for civil war soldiers so the conditions in these factories these northern workers were making these clothes for slaves and for other things were really bad and you know the powers that be were kind of able to delay making any major changes because the civil war happened and the civil war requ- you know required all hands on deck and it the and you know our industrializing north um was really you know a big part of why you know we were able to you know win the civil war um and uh the union was able to win the civil war and um that's also how where we get small medium and large from because you know these were novel that was a novel concept we needed to make sure that clothes fit all the soldiers uh and so it was only after the civil war that you know people could start to Uh, organize and try to, um, you know, try to gain some semblance of security in their jobs and safety. Um, And, uh, you know, like for example, the Lowell girls you know, in Lowell, Massachusetts were some of the, you know, best known uh, early factory workers. And, um, you know, working in a factory is really pitched as being this, you know, incredible opportunity for women to leave the male dominated house and strike off on their own. But, they were paid, you know, they were paid less than their male compatriots, and you know, they were they worked their fingers to the bone. They got injured; it was terrible. So, um, one of the first campaigns to educate lawmakers was the uh, Lowell uh, Female Labor Reform Organization, and from then on, you know, you saw more and more um, of these unions start to crop up. Uh, in 1900, the International Lady Garment Workers Union uh, came to be. Um, but again, it was just, it's hard because traditionally as it is now, the folks who worked in the garment industry in factories were kind of, you know, were often immigrants or, uh, just people who didn't have other opportunities. It wasn't like they were, you know, seeking out that really difficult work. So just generally it was,
2: the most disenfranchised people in society, like have yeah, always done this kind of work.
0: Exactly. And they would be from such disparate, um, from such disparate uh, you know backgrounds, so it would be hard to form a unified front because the interests of you know you know women workers, Jewish, Italian workers, all these people have different wants and needs and different some in some cases totally different languages and cultures, and it was hard to kind of unify. Um, and that was that's kind of been the the hard work of these unions um, forever. Uh, but in nineteen oh seven, they were able to you know limit the work week. Uh stop subcontracting, provide equipment, and then you know, there were just it kind of goes on. There were you know, uprisings, you know, the triangle shirtwaist fire uh, was one of those big, you know moments um, where, you know, all these women died in a factory fire and they were had been locked into the factory, and this is before, you know, any safety laws were on the books, there were no real suitable. There was no way for these women to escape, and it was above the like the where you know fire truck ladders could reach. So that culminated in a lot of new safety regulations that was simply impossible to ignore. Um, so it's just it was just kind of slow process of gaining new thing, gaining you know these small victories. Um, uh, a big uptick in you know labor rights came with Franklin FDR's presidency. Um, Eleanor Roosevelt was really you know sided with garment workers and and they really i mean a lot of the things that we you know minimum wage a lot of these things now are kind of holdovers from the new deal that you know every subsequent republican administration has tried to well frankly almost every administration has tried to kind of winnow away um Um, hasn't gone
2: up in 12 years now
0: yeah so you know it's a slow process i feel like You know, if I were to rewrite this, I would have thought also about how, how big, uh, a lot of this is about, you know, women fighting to get more representation in the workplace and get better pay and all that. But also the kind of other part that I hadn't researched at the time of the story was also how race figured into this, you know, the, a lot of, as time progressed, a lot of the, the, the textile mills were in the South, you know, after world war II. And, of course, those places were segregated. And that was a whole other fight to integrate those mills. Um, and, you know, Cone Mills for, was was uh, segregated. And uh, the White Oak plant. And um, they were one of the early ones to integrate. But then even then, integration, it's just an ongoing thing. And, and today, s- some similar... You know, similar to the Triangle Shirtwaist Fire, we had the Rana Plaza disaster in uh, Bangladesh. And, you know, the, this this goes on where, you know, business, whenever we start to see a little bit of improvement in the lives of workers, then businesses will move uh, manufacturing elsewhere. So, you know, they moved them out of the U.S. They moved it out. They're beginning to move it out of China because China is rapidly, you know, the conditions are improving in China. And it's getting more mm-hmm. expensive to manufacture there, which is why people have moved to Bangladesh and places like Ethiopia. And it's just kind of the the death march of cap, late stage capitalism. But a lot mm-hmm. of people fought really hard and gained some hard won victories, and we have a lot to thank them for. The weekend, you know, all the mm-hmm. work week, all that kind of stuff. Forty hour work week, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which,
2: yeah, like you mentioned, the Lowell uh, girls. Like I remember when we were talking about them in the denim history episode a few months ago like the average work week there was i think 70 hours which is just like seems bananas um thinking on it now because it's not like you know the uh investment banker 70 hours type thing where they're like looking at an expel spreadsheet all day this is like really really difficult manual labor um that takes a big toll on your body um Especially, like, what you mentioned about how, like, this has become a much more international solidarity struggle, um, where, like, it's sort of a recent phenomenon of, you know, like, in 1900, it's not like you could just, like, ship all of your production overseas and have it come back. Um, It's a thing that, uh, yeah, right now, as you make progress in one area, like, they just leave and they go to a place where that progress hasn't necessarily been made yet.
0: Well, what's interesting, though, is outsourcing has been kind of a looming threat forever. You know, I, there was an article I read, I don't think it ever got published, about um, the cotton industry and how, you know, the, once, once uh, they started, you know, manufacturing cotton products in England, they had to put all these tariffs where, like, if you imported, a, like, cotton woven cotton from any other place in the world you could be put to death because already it was easier to it was cheaper to have someone sew it in india or loom it in india and then ship it to england than it was to pay someone in england so that's i mean yeah it's i think the the speed of it and the scale that is faster now but it's you know that's just like built into the the, the framework of capitalism
2: all right so we're going to take a quick break and uh we'll be right back in just a sec. Attention Blowout listeners, stop by the Heddle Shop for a wide assortment of sweaters, knits, and Teamster tees available in the newest colors and styles. Our denim tops and jeans for men's and boys are made in USA and are available in a rainbow of colors at a low Heddle's price. Visit shop.heddles.com and use the code BLOWOUT for a special listener discount.
1: He's one of those guys that dresses up as Disney characters to go to Disneyland i don't know what they're called they have a technical name but he's one of them
2: disney adults no
1: there's a, a more technical name
0: <laughs> is there like a clinical name for them yeah he
2: dresses
1: like <laughs> prince fucking what is charming. it in the
2: dsm <laughs> i don't know man
0: <laughs> um this is good stuff but i don't know if we're rolling or not we are I recording i know we're recording but under what pretense are we just gonna ramble here? is this <laughs> we didn't decide on my that. new right. fault well, welcome my new back
1: <laughs> My new fall trend is wearing Disney cast- or characters to Disneyland. <laughs> no, sorry, David. Continue.
2: Welcome back from our break. We're t- shifting gears here a little bit and uh, revisiting something that is tangentially related to Labor Day of uh, our fall trend predictions from a few weeks ago. Uh, that If you remember those from like the, the middle of July, I think is when we like planted our flags in the... Uh, proverbial sand of what the uh, trends are going to be and just uh, revisiting a little bit like the ones that i came up with uh was i was like thinking it's going to be essential workwear and municipal workwear of dressing like you worked at wetzel's pretzels or as as reed has uh, very eloquently described the hot dog on a stick uniform but I'm just thinking, like, yeah, black chinos, black polos, like hats, uh, like maybe not necessarily an apron, but just like blousy kind of things that kind of look like aprons. Starbucks core. Yeah, Starbucks core. Um, and <laughs> municipal workwear of like you know someone that's like a park ranger or a uh like garbage man, garbage person, waste municipal waste worker. Um, or like someone that works for the MTA, or like a postal worker, like those kind of things. We're, we're not supporting like the, the police or military. Look, we're going to shift away from
0: that.
1: Just like and, prou- proud stolen valor.
2: Yes.
0: And how do you feel this has this uh, has transpired?
2: Mm, I don't think it's gone to essential workwear yet. I don't see like Baskin Robbins like core being <laughs> out there. But I think like municipal work where I've been coming for quite some time and I think like high vis like oranges, blacks, uh like greens, yellows, like that stuff, I think is getting more and more like looking like you work on a construction site is uh that that kind of stolen valor. Like is I think like I, I see a bit more of that. Well what do you think? Do you think uh I, I, I called it on those or are we uh T B D?
0: i think we're tbd but i do there's a through line you know there's a through line from there from like the carhartt jacket you know the really heavy duty ones that are actually for construction workers to the high-vis world and we're very much there so i i it could it could still happen i mean i
1: if someone wears a hard hat to the bar i will i'll like I would lose my shit. Like not on them. I don't want to get in a fight. I'm old. But like I just I feel and like already internally, wearing
2: a hard hat. Hey, internally yeah.
1: I'd have like a full fucking meltdown. Just like <laughs> just like crumble on the inside. Um yeah, that being said, I feel like it's hard to judge the essential workwear cuz I just don't know if someone wearing that's going to work.
2: You have
0: to you know, feel the like hands for calluses to see.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think like David Marks previous guest of the show he had like a short story that was in racked or something that like basically explored this was like two guys that like are wearing uh, like construction clothing and like they keep like escalating it until they both like get in their John Deere tractors and drive off and they're like comparing like spec numbers on like what kind of diesel and like (laughs) what the like cutting edge of the blade on their like tractor gets
1: In college my buddy and I used to walk up to the student union with the exact same color polo as the supply company and khakis which was the uniform and a whole bunch of clipboards um, or a whole bunch of paper on our clipboards and just go fill orders for our house to get like toilet paper and raw food and stuff like that and just take it home. So uh-huh. uh, I don't know if that if that Brilliant. qualifies as a central work we stole it straight out of a book like the Dortmunder book where books. Where they would be like uh, anyone with a clipboard looks official, and one day I was like, "Let's try it." Um, worked worked remarkably well. Anyone out there in college, give it a shot. Uh, you could always print out a real a real like a uh, list of things to get. I think we just had blank sheets of paper. Um, but yeah, no, I can't tell if the essential the essential workwear thing is coming to fruition. But I do think that I'd have. I feel like I've seen like a lot of high vis like tennis ball yellow. Is it? Is it green or yellow? I don't know how to tell colors apart, and this is like a constant thing that my friends make fun of me for. Green. Tennis ball's green.
0: Yeah. Highlighter's yeah, it's yellow. Green.
1: Is there yeah. is there a, a serious difference between those two colors? I know this is riveting podcasting. Yep.
0: Is there a difference between yeah. yellow and green? Is no, that the asking?
1: highlighter and the tennis ball. <laughs> the highlighter and the tennis ball. Like am I look like I feel like that's like if I were if there was someone who was like that's highlighter yellow. If I said something that was like tennis ball green, I'd be like, that's the same thing.
0: Those are different.
1: Damn I knew I wasn't discerning enough like to be totally honest I knew this was a problem I learned that I didn't know the difference between orange and red like just like fundamentally it's not colorblind I just don't know the difference
0: that does sound like uh, the, the definition of colorblindness
1: I feel like I'm <laughs> seeing the color that everyone is, is seeing I just don't know what the colors are called uh (laughs) is the main (laughs) distinction no like because it's like i feel like if i described it i'd be like that's the color of a fire engine and they'd be like what's the color of a fire engine i'd be like orange and it's like i know it's red Mm -hmm. but like i just don't know what colors are um Uh, which is awesome because i wrote menswear copy for a long time so apologies if that fucked you up anyone out there
0: i feel like the, but to your point about those two colors, I feel like I see those a lot in like women's clothes recently. I feel like that's kind of a thing, mm-hmm. kind of like Lululemon's you know, going electric, yeah. Ooh. Or like your like Love Island contestants are wearing those colors, you know, in swimsuits and shit. For example,
1: Our big big Love Island guy Albert. Yeah,
0: shout out to all my Love Island heads in the in the crowd. <laughs>
1: it's so much work. It's it so is. much work, man. Like it's like one of those things where I was like, I'm going to do this because I've done all the other ones, reality wise, and I was like, this is this is like a class. Um, Yeah, I think the I think those colors are definitely right, David. I think Mm -hmm. otherwise, Albert's been talking about a sexy grandpa, which is great branding. Yeah, very Um, different
2: direction, but I I don't uh, I don't think it's wrong.
1: Thus far, because it's been hot as hell in New York, like like just so hot, so hot. I feel like everywhere, so I can't really judge like the corduroy and shit like that. But I feel like it's been like, even past sexy grandpa into like, like slutty and thirsty grandpa, which is awesome. Like, it's just like, you know, just like dropping the buttons, like all the way down to the belly button. It's like, you know what, like, mm -hmm. like just the one button rule in full effect. We're not gonna tell you which button to button, but you gotta have one. Um, I've seen that like, the shorts aren't even getting like shorter around here. It's just like, I feel like people are just like, either hiking them up higher just not giving a shit and just like you know like it's just like i there's definitely more thigh kicking around and it's like you know what let's let's get this the sexy grandpa or, you know let's let's turn it up to 11 it's the last week of summer
0: it's labor Thirsty day grandpa. yeah i you know and like a grandpa we in the pandemic don't know how long we have to live so we have to live for today <laughs> I just watched Rocky three, and the shorts in that movie are so good. All the like, Apollo Creed training stuff, mm-hmm, the like, running on the beach scenes. Yeah, those are some short shorts, and they're fucking good. Have you gotten to four yet? I have not seen four yet. Um, but get I'm, ready
1: for over thirty minutes of montage in a film that clocks in under eighty five minutes.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Beautiful. 30 Beautiful. over 30
1: minutes of montage we've we've timed and this at least one out. five
2: minutes of robo butler too great shorts in that <laughs> though
1: you get great shorts in in rocky Four. great shorts in all the rockies
0: great shorts i yeah just like the fits in in the third i found were to be really excellent um there's just like more colorful characters in it too yeah i feel like i yeah so it's in, it's it's good to i because i feel like new york I was thinking about like how, you know, a few years ago, there's a lot of made in LA stuff and it seemed like LA was kind of the nexus of new brands, which is certainly not the case anymore. It's like, feels like it's New York, New York, New York. And, uh, I'm seeing all the, like, you know, the ALD stuff and, the uh, like first drops from people. And, um, it seems like, yeah, there's a lot of like knitwear. There's a lot of like t- kind of tailored pieces uh, Noah did a lot of suiting. seems like, you know, slutty, slutty grandpa is gonna, is gonna persist to the fall.
1: Well, I guess one last shoulder season look I've been seeing is that it's like, it's not quite, it's not like a Leah or like quite like 90s rave kid, but it's definitely like small top, big bottom we're coming back into on the mm-hmm. guy's side too, not just on the, like the girl's side, small top, big bottom has been like, you've been seeing mm-hmm. that. But mm-hmm. on the guy's side, it's like, I feel like I have been seeing like, it's like the reverse of the TikTok T-shirt short ratio, where it's mm-hmm. like a double X T-shirt with the three-inch inseam short. You know, like where it's like is are they they're wearing shorts because they're dancing, mm-hmm. but um, but yeah, I've been seeing like the like the vintage tee that's like that's definitely a size small, with like with a pair of way bigger like just bigger pants than we've seen in the past. And I'm probably just like, I got short legs. So it's like, I'm going to stick with my normal size t-shirts for this one. I'm going to sit this one out. But I do see that. I have been seeing that quite frequently.
0: I, I went to a bar. One of like one of my favorite bars from pre-pandemic and they have like a nice outdoor seating area now. And I went and, and typically this neighborhood was like a lot of vintage clothes and stuff. But when I went in, it was like, I saw there's this table of kids and they were all wearing like, the new cool Salomon sneakers or like the newest new balance sneakers with like really well thought out fits. There's a guy at the bar who's wearing black stock and Weber loafers. Like everybody it's, I think every, it seems like everybody, a lot of people just like decided, Oh, I'm going to like dress well now that didn't really do that before. I just, I, I was kind of, there's more like there are deeper cuts at the bar than I'm used to seeing here. And, um, I was like, yeah, are they deep cuts anymore? Is it just the mainstream? I don't know.
1: What do you think the driving force is behind that Albert? Cause I feel like the, like the prevailing like image in LA for a lot of, or of LA and for a lot of people's heads, like the scoop hem, the big mm-hmm. brunch hat, tight jean, Chelsea boot.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that, that always, you know, they talk about that a lot on, on throwing fits. And I feel like that's such a, like, that's such a specific part of LA and which part like, that's,
1: for the uninitiated.
0: That'd be like, I'd say that's like the West side, you know? Cause like, I think everybody who, everybody who's not from LA who moves to LA moves to like West Hollywood and West of that. And like, I think it's like, and the closer to the beach and stuff, at least in my opinion. And I feel like people who are from LA that I know all live on the East side, which is farther from the beach, but there's more like real stuff. There's more like authentic Mexican food. There's more vintage clothing. There's more, it's more like kind of just like, it's like a proto- there are some like proto new york neighborhoods i guess um i don't know but i don't know where these people i mean i guess like maybe it's just like I, I don't know where they're getting this information though i it could be they're listening to throwing fits or there's like some combination of like fit instagrams that they're you know on i don't know
2: i mean
1: i think store stocking things are always going to have certain certain impacts right like mm-hmm um and then that sort of like runs its way down into the czars of the world and it's like if that stuff's accessible for 30 dollars, you might take a flyer as far as like what you're looking like or if you're at a vintage store you know it's like it's always going to be right around there um yeah i i am curious because i feel like the one that gets just roasted all the time is like one of those like uh medium floor medium ceiling looks where it's just like it's so hard to mess it up it's like it's like literally it's like if you want to look like that you can just straight up look like that like that look is it's just like buy tight jeans a big shirt a hat and some boots mm-hmm. like and you'll mm-hmm. look exactly like you think you want to look where mm-hmm. the rest of them have like a whole bunch of volatility it's like a super low floor and a fairly high ceiling as far as whether you actually right. pull it off like is like the cuff like you know it's like is the cuff width right is the hem height right like what are you doing with a whole bunch of that other stuff so i can understand why it's been like especially in a town like LA where i feel like it's probably like a big first impression town. It's also daylight there here, like New York. It's like, you're at a bar. You can't even see people's legs. Um, But yeah, so I could understand sort of like, I guess a reluctance to, to dive into something like to the unknown. But uh, yeah, that's, that's fascinating that LA is, did they, I don't even know if they caught up. Maybe people are just like realizing that, that like, that's not the exact look. I don't even, I couldn't even tell you, but I do remember seeing that specific look a lot it's like a light gray t-shirt with black jeans is specifically the one
0: i mean yeah it's just it's like it feels like you know yeah I, I mean it's also the landscape is changing like you know silver lake which used to be a neighborhood that i thought was really cool like it got the Airwan in and now it's like all the west hollywood girls live there and it's like you don't see any cool fits there anymore it's pretty lame now and it's like really it's like a bunch of really expensive stores like the one cool army surplus store that i love there is gone now and
1: mohawk is great over there
0: mohawk is good it is a very hostile shopping environment i found uh is the porn store next
2: door still there
0: no that's gone that's gone it's a
2: dispensary now right
0: yeah there's a great documentary about that porn shop uh,
2: I mean, I feel really, like it really added to the neighborhood and like made is like you knew that the, the front was coming, at least when I lived there, which was about 10 years ago now uh, that it was, you know, the, the tide that you mentioned that's coming from like, you know, West Hollywood to Los Feliz to Silver Lake mm-hmm. is like marching onwards, eastwards and like pushing all the, the, the cool stuff out. And it was just yeah. like Mohawk, you got like five years, maybe. But it's still a very good store, but just, like, the, the neighborhood there. Because, like, once that intelligentsia went in, like, catty corner to it, it was basically over.
0: Well, Mohawk's so expensive, I think it'll appeal to that new crowd. Mm-hmm.
1: Was it Racked that wrote that piece where they were, like, you could basically draw gentrification maps based on vintage stores popping up? Do you remember that thing where it was just, <laughs> wow. like, like you could, like, and they, like, did they did it in New York pretty effectively where they, like, just, like started like plotting where they went in in Williamsburg and Bushwick and like the price of rents around those areas where it was just like, we're not saying there's causation, but there's certainly correlation.
2: Yeah, I'm sure like uh, BlackRock or whatever, like has all these algorithms like planted uh, for it. And like they're, they're the ones secretly running these vintage stores.
1: Flamingo Vintage by the Pound owned by BlackRock.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just do feel like I I feel kind of out of my depth Cause I, there's so little reason to go like, you know, shit is not quite right yet. I don't really feel like I want to go out all the time and I'm not really seeing people. It's just weird to see people in their habitat and what they're wearing now.
2: I think people are going a bit bigger and being a bit more adventuresome with their fits just in general, because, uh, yeah, it like they've had all this time, like to themselves, like alone inside, um, for the most part. And like when they're able to go out and do something, they're like, "I'm gonna wear the thing. I'm planning this out. I've got it like set."
1: Mm-hmm. They, they had time to test drive their entire closet.
2: Yeah, like the thing that they like might have been like a little bit uh, afraid to to wear out previously is now just like, well, fuck it. Why not? As you said, we don't know how long we're gonna live. We don't know how long we're gonna be able to walk outside.
0: Um, I have a question for you guys. I so I watched the Jake Paul fight. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw this. Oh, and,
1: I watched all the undercards too.
0: Yeah, and I'm just curious if we, if if you could say that the Jake Paul, the Logan Paul style, is that camp? Is that like?
1: Oh, that's an interesting question. I think he got that. Wasn't he rocking a Nicole, Nicole McLaughlin like jersey that he had to buy or some shit?
0: I don't know just like the hair the jewelry everything like Jake you Paul know. looks like he
1: stains furniture when he sits on it and I can't explain why like it just like looks like he leaves a mark that's permanent whenever he stands up <laughs> but like and I know that's like that's a terrible thing to say and I don't I mean it like objectively somehow um I don't know yeah, that I, like yeah. Logan Logan no I think Jake Paul is like verging on it because like I don't know. I think I've read far too much about these like fucking weirdos, but like, I feel like Lo- like, I feel like Jake Paul truly is like the rest, like the WWE guy, which is like inherently camp, right? Like, like wrestling is camp.
0: Yeah. And yeah. I think
1: he's like more of that. Like, I think Logan is like doing something. I have no idea. And I don't really like, to be honest, don't give a shit about like, like, I mean, I do. Cause I've clearly read enough, but like, no, I think what he's doing there specifically though, I think you like, I think that's an interesting, it's an interesting point. Like it, it's not fucking earnest, like it's not serious.
0: Yeah, it's like and it's showy. Yeah. So I want to, I want to make a TikTok about that, asking the world if that's.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's am good camp. That. I think we can like. I think. I think. You, like, <laughs> and by the way, I'm probably not like the arbiter of camp. Like I don't. Oh, I don't oh, fucking no. know. As like a c- none c- of us c- c- are. Yeah, like as a cis straight white male, it's like I don't know if I mm. can like if I can spot camp on site, but like it feels like it's, it's Feels right saying it. It's like, I don't know, man. Does that suck? Like someone told me the other day, or not the other day, like this was really I don't know why the fuck I said the other day. It's like three years ago at this point. But they said they were like, it's weird that like just based on reaction, like having just like a hardcore conservative opinion in New York is kind of punk rock these days, just like based on like how much how many people like you piss off the mainstream here. And it's like it's not good. It's just like I was like thinking about, I was like, Yeah, we do kind of vote like 90% one way and like if you're looking for having like a true freak out reaction in public from something it's like a maga hat unfortunately is fucking like not like in the spirit of punk rock but it's like as far as reaction is concerned that's like probably going to get you more head turns on a subway than like having safety pins in your nose at this point like we've seen the safety pins thing like every time there's there's a dude rocking that we're like i don't know man what's going on here
0: like every white guy they cut to in the crowd cheering for Jake Paul is like, oh no, you are not a good person. <laughs> like, I just know you are a white supremacist. Uh, you they, know, I
1: think they do the, <laughs> I think they're serious. I don't think he, like, and I think he's yeah, just no, as bad for it. Like, I think he's a right, fucker yeah. for it. Like, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like, yeah, like if you're looking at that, like, I think they're, yeah, that's the problem issue. Like, that's like the real, that's the real behavior.
0: I uh, yeah, I'm not saying that he himself is, but he's courting that. He's he's dancing with that devil. I feel like
2: blowout. I did buy something.
0: Mm. I bought a few
2: things. Mm. I don't have the time to get into them at the moment. But, You've
1: bought uh, more stuff than me recently. Continue. I have.
0: You're really edging <laughs> so, us with this. Uh, these new purchases. Mm-hmm. Well, you're aware of some of them already, of them. but
2: uh, I did keep the black jeans.
0: Uh huh. The sugar canes. Um,
2: yeah, I got a pair of the Lee 101 like zip fly jeans that we're gonna have in the shop soon. mm Hmm. I got a capital like quarter zip up fleece.
0: Which one? Whoa. That, uh,
2: just a sec. Let me go grab some stuff here, Ryan. Right, well, you can edit this this dead air out.
0: Who says I'll be dead I air?
1: Albert now keep talking about the Paul brothers <laughs> for all those interested
0: <laughs> I yeah, I do I do i I just, yeah, I think there is a campiness to it. just I don't know, straight up. he's back. I'm back.
2: it is uh this one that's like great yeah, so nice. it, it just stuck in my head for a while. I think we did we write it up? Uh, it uh, yeah, it is the capital, uh, like, it looks like something, I don't know that, uh, you would like find on an Antarctic research station in like the eighties. It's like came out of the thing and it's got this like weird capital woven logo that says capital piano and farm on it. And it's got like a guy in a headdress playing a big, like grand piano is I, on the I'm, woven label.
1: I mean, this with all seriousness, that's what. That's like, was this tipping point, right? Was that patch for you? Like, you liked the thing and then you saw the patch and you're like, I, I need
2: this thing. I did have like a two week cooldown period where I was like, I have to wait on this. I have to know. And then, yeah. And, you know, you get a uh, 15% discount at blue and green with your Heddles Plus membership. <laughs> but yeah, this one's really fun. And then the other thing that I got, which leads into the other like offshoot of municipal workwear. That I'm calling uh, Discount Astronaut, which is, like, basically, you know Harry Dean Stanton's character from Alien? Like, I've really been feeling that, of, like, wearing, like, futuristic, like, I don't know, like, astronaut clothes, but also having, like, a trucker snapback and a Hawaiian
0: shirt. So it's the it's and, like the populist astronaut, the opposite of the billionaire astronaut.
2: <laughs> yeah, the populist astronaut, the workaday astronaut. There was a
1: movie called The Astronaut Farmer with Billy Bob Thornton, where he built an, a rocket. Do we not? Do we just are, this is Astronaut Farmer Erasure. <laughs> I'm
2: sorry. Uh, well, I'm talking about just like the workaday guy that went up on the space shuttle in like the '80s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got a, a pair of sassafras fall leaf sprayer tough pants that have 15 pockets on them. Uh, have you found all
1: 15 yet
2: it took me a minute but I did and just yeah the way that they like flare out like sort of at the hips but not at the waist in a way that makes them sort of feel like the uh, current gen like astronaut suit I'm a big fan and just having all the pockets and just like feeling like uh, and especially the color because they're this like slightly off white like I think they call them ivory
0: can you show us the back
2: Um, yeah this is the front uh huh with all the pockets, like, and then they've got the back, and it's got this, like, hammer loop between, like, down the crack.
1: Mm-hmm. That, that looks like a gun uh, spot.
2: I mean, these are gardening pants. I think that's, like, the, the explicit purpose of sassafras, but, yeah, I guess you could. You
0: don't
1: carry a gun when you garden?
0: Big mistake. And a seed gun. <laughs> yeah, man. I feel like that's uh, an essential tool. It's when you're most vulnerable.
2: Man, I feel like it could be a disadvantage if uh if I ever had to get into another fight because somebody could just like grab you by this. But yeah,
0: you've got <laughs> his fighting career. He keeps, re- <laughs> he keeps Yeah, you keep referencing this.
1: But now someone's <laughs> carrying you around like a tote bag on the train
0: <laughs> yeah, you <back>. right. <laughs> by your <laughs> your your uh, the the Yeah,
2: just like this is uh get me back loop. into the big pants
0: Because yeah, they've this. got
2: like they've got five pockets then they've got this like big pocket that goes all the way from the front to the back, mm. and then that pocket has a pocket in it that goes the entire length of it, and they've got like two knee pockets, and then they've got pockets like on the back hip, like regular tool pockets and a belt loop it is uh or a, a hammer loop
0: What hath God wrought?
2: I don't know, but I like it so yeah, Dave, I'm on uh perma yeah, freeze should- now.
1: Nah, you should just keep it rolling. Let's get nuts. We don't know how long we have left, as Albert said. Let's just let's go. Let's go fucking crazy, dude. Uh-oh. I, I wanted David bought this shit every week. That's a segment. David bought this shit.
2: We'll see. It's not a segment. What's not? I, a good I may have one coming up, but uh, yeah, it's it's nice to get some neat stuff, and um, yeah, we'll have Lee coming into the our shop hopefully pretty soon. Maybe next mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. Um Stan Ray is in there. We can hardly keep that in stock. And uh Teamster stuff, we got a lot of that though. That no code required, 25% off for Labor Day. All weekend. Um yeah. You have already to wrap this up? I I, I feel like we've 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 set our bits. Yes. But uh yeah, happy Labor Day. Go on to shop.hedels.com. pick up uh, some Teamster teas for 25% off. Uh, if you got any questions, comments, concerns, reads, what's their email
1: blowout at heddles.com. And don't be mad if the pool's closed. Cause you know, it will be, you know, it will be, you can't, you can't be mad if you know, it's going to happen,
2: but maybe you can
0: stop by for just one. I guess last you whip. can. That's a
1: stupid fucking rule I just made, but just like, you know, it will be closed. So you just like, mm-hmm. just prepare for that. That's what I'm saying. Prepare, yeah.
0: lower your yeah. expectations.
2: Yeah. And I can still ride my bike by the, the athletic club because their pool is indoors because they're fancy and I can still smell that chlorine.
0: And we'll leave you with that. (laughs) Bye-bye.